All right, this guy got it all together here. He's got an American flag with a circle of stars. So I guess that's the first 13 U.S. Army veteran. Let's go, Brandon. Trump 2024. Let's go, Brandon, again. Civil War reenactor. Wonder what side he fights on. Veterans for Trump. And then he's got the sticker that says, I stand for the flag and the cross. And that leads me to that paraphrase often attributed to Sinclair Lewis. That when fascism comes to this country, it'll be carrying a cross wrapped in an American flag. And this guy is it. U.S. Army veteran. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Darwin. It's as if he's afraid people will miss, miss out on learning his perspective. And what I'm afraid of is that a very large percentage of my fellow Americans' understanding of politics amounts to little more than the words that can fit on a bumper sticker. But that does mean that that guy and I do have one thing in common, and that is... Fear. 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 Fear demands our attention, and being alert to potential threats has an evolutionary advantage, be it an oncoming car or a lion in the bush. But living in a continuous state of fear is not healthy, either physically or mentally, or politically, for our country. And in particular, I think we're dealing with the results of uh, runaway fear from a lot of conservatives. There's a uh, personality typing system called the Enneagram, and it proposes that all human personalities are the result of the interaction between nine basic personality types. It's really pretty interesting and helpful in understanding uh, uh, other people's motivations. It makes it easier to be empathetic, at least for me. One of the personality types is a six, what they call the six. And it's a person who's primarily motivated by fear and wanting to be safe and protected. In response to being fearful, there is a personality type called the counterphobic six. And that's what I think we're experiencing a lot with these Trump supporters and, and the violence that we're seeing. These are people that are so fearful that they don't want to give any indication that they're frightened at all. And so they overcompensate by becoming aggressive. In an attempt to downplay or deny their fear, there's a saying that if someone tells you they've never been afraid, they're either a liar or a fool. And I think we're dealing with the former in our current national moment. 
our too young and too new America, lusty because it is lonely, aggressive because it is afraid, insists upon seeing the world in terms of good and bad, the holy and the evil, the high and the low, the white and the black. Our America is frightened of fact, of history, of processes, of necessity. It hugs the easy way of damning those whom it cannot understand, of excluding those who look different, and it solves its conscience with its self-draped cloak of righteousness. Richard Wright wrote that in 1945, Black Boy. And I just came across it today, uh, the 16th. And it fit, frightened of fact, of history, of those it does not understand. The woke. So what we're observing when these people are buying their bigger pickup trucks and running around with their guns and threatening people, it is all in response to their fear, either their fear of being replaced or their fear of being irrelevant or their fear of death, which we all possess. But it's not healthy and it should not be encouraged. However, we have a news media that knows that the best way to get your attention is by triggering your fears because fear is, it has its own evolutionary advantage. And then we end up where we are today with all these fearful people overcompensating dangerously. And the greater their fear, the more aggression they get. Many are fearful. Fearful of what? Fearful of what? Becoming fearful a minority. Of what? Being treated as they treated fearful others. Of what? Fearful of what? Not getting the advantage of their privileges. Having to compete on an even playing field. Not getting preferred treatment all the time. Change. They are so fearful that they overcompensate by becoming aggressive in an attempt to downplay or deny their fear. There's a saying that if someone tells you they've never been afraid, they're either a liar or a fool. And I think we're dealing with the former in our current national moment. Although I'm more than certain that foolishness plays a significant role in this behavior as well. And some people fear facing defeat and they have the ability to convince others to be afraid of that outcome as well. If Mike Pence does the right thing, we win the election. It's time to evaluate so we can secure the middle on the other side. You know, if you didn't know the TV footage was a video from January the 6th, you would actually think it was a normal tourist visit. The guy we can hear below my voice is a gentleman. No, he isn't. He's not a gentleman. He's a jerk. And a representative from Georgia. Republican, by the way. 
named Andrew Clyde. He's a coward and a liar. He's the one that said that what happened on January 6th could easily be confused with a regular tourist visit. He is flat out lying. What is he defending? It's so important that he has to lie like, and deny reality. You would actually think it was a normal tourist visit. Normal tourist visit. It was a normal tourist visit. The guy that inspired this madness. Tourist visit? A former president. What's his name? said that he's going to uh, run for president again. There's lots of speculation on why he would do this at this time. Fundraising, possible immunity, criminal immunity from criminal prosecution. already gone into his aggressive campaign mode. Very childish way going after both Ron DeSanctimonious and Glenn Youngkin. That guy with the Chinese name. <laughs> and I'm really torn about this Trump announcement. Actually, I'm mostly horrified. Because I'm ready to take a break. He's already lost basically three times. Maybe four. If you count running against Hillary, but we won't go into that electoral college stuff. But I'd like to ignore Trump, but we have to pay attention to fascism. 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 is taking over a large segment of our, or a large part of our society. Conspiracy theories, violence, raw grabs for power, scapegoating of minority groups, particularly these days, people of the LGBTQ persuasion, and of course, anti-wokeism movement which is blatantly anti-black and they don't want to acknowledge what's been done to the black people in American history ignorance is bliss but only for the ignorant the majority of the anti-woke folks don't really even have a definition of it except it's something that makes them feel bad. DeSantis even said that. I don't want us teaching children stuff that'll make them feel bad. And then I remember being in line not that long ago, sitting in line in the bank drive-through behind a lady in a nice big old Buick. This old grandmotherly looking lady with her 
I love my Yorkie and USF grandma or gator grandma. That was a gator grandma and fuck your feelings. I don't think Donald Trump made that woman selfish and cruel. She probably always was. But he made her feel comfortable expressing that cruelty. I think those are the kind of people that are drawn to authoritarian and fascistic governments. They like the cruelty. That woman in front of me had the same sort of personality as a, or the thought processes as those women you see with the picnic baskets handing out sandwiches at the, at the lynchings. He's the one standing over by the picnic table, grinning. Same ones that think spanking their kids is a good idea. Six-year-olds should know how to use handguns. If they have a teacher get out of hand or something, maybe. According to the American Heritage Dictionary, fifth edition, fascism is a system of government marked by centralization of authority under a dictator, a capitalist economy subject to stringent government controls, violent suppression of the opposition, and typically a policy of belligerent nationalism and racism a political philosophy or movement based on or advocating such a system of government. Oppressive, dictatorial control. A strong leader. Some people just like it better when they have a strong leader. They also believe in the great man theory. It's one person that really drives history. It's not the efforts of everybody else. Ignorance is bliss, but only for the ignorant. If you're going to talk about fascism, you got to talk about Trump. Because he's the central leader for these guys. And he seems to have a remarkable ability to inspire other people to let their fascist flags fly. And DeSantis is bad, but he lacks the kind of charisma Trump has. I don't think he'd be as bad. Although, after his victory in Florida, by nearly, or by almost 20 points from the last I heard, and so a lot of that has to do with gerrymandering and the Democratic Party's unwillingness, the Florida Democratic Party, unwillingness to put up enough candidates. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Enough quality candidates. For the longest time, Florida had a majority of registered Democrats, but somehow they could not take control of state power for any length of time. It's the result of incompetence. I'm most positive, although sometimes it appears that it's almost like an intentional effort to not take power. 
there is a remarkable number of strategically important political positions that the Democratic Party in Florida just leaves empty. They don't want to compete. It's like trying to play hockey without a hockey stick. Although I guess a more proper analogy would be like trying to play hockey without a head coach and not enough players on the ice. You can be certain you're not going to win. I heard a woman recently talking about the fact that we are currently living in a anocracy. That is where you're in a government system that's partially democratic and partially autocratic. It seems fairly accurate. And with the uh, strong fascistic element we're seeing in our country today. I mean, it's probably always been there, it's just not quite so prominent. I had read and I've been investigating the paradox of being intolerant to the intolerant. Fascism really only takes root in places that promote free speech and democracy. It's a vulnerability. Kind of built into the system. A degree where it's based on the honor system. And in the same way that if you lose an election, you're supposed to accept it and move along gracefully. But autocratic leaders don't like to lose, so they say they didn't. And they have no respect for a system that's based on honor. That's a sucker's game. We are living in an environment right now where the mainstream media either doesn't want to recognize or is incapable of recognizing that one of the two major political parties is completely disingenuous in their arguments. They have no interest in facts, science, truth, or even logical thinking. If they read something on the internet a couple of times and it agrees with what they were already thinking or want to believe, well then they're ready to kill people over it. And they've got the guns to do it. And they've got the guns. Does seem to say something and about their the guns. ideas and, and policies. The guns. If they have to use weapons got to get guns. other people to go along with them, and they've got the guns. Kind of anti-democratic, no, very anti-democratic, downright authoritarian. Might even call it fascist. It's like a toxic blend of willful ignorance, stupidity, selfishness, and cruelty. Yet when they're presented in the media, it's like, well, we have this 
side of the argument, and then you have this side of the argument, as if both parties are speaking in good faith. One of them definitely is not. And it seems that a lot of members of that party are incapable of feeling shame, so being a hypocrite doesn't matter to them. And they'll come right out and spew whatever their leader tells them to. It's like a cult. And someday, sometimes it almost seems like they're going to break away from the leader and they'll even say some stuff that says they're losing faith, but then all they have to do is meet with him for a short period of time and they're right back in. Switch their opinions on subjects in a matter of days. All it takes is a little bit of exposure to their cult leader and they're right back to the old way of thinking. And some of them know it's a cult. First, we're not a cult. We're not a cult. We're not a cult. Bill Cassidy, Republican from Louisiana. We're not like, okay, there's... We're not like, okay, first, we're not a cult. A cult. A cult. First, we're not a cult. We're a cult. We're a cult. We're a cult. We're not like, okay, there's one person who leads our party. If we have a sitting president... Cult. Hey, there's one person who leads our cult. Cult. Okay, there's one. Cult. Cult. Like, okay, there's one person who. We should be a party of ideas and principles. Or he will be the leader of our cult. President she or he will be the cult. The leader. And that's what should lead us. And I will go back what we've been lacking, perhaps, the leader of our. That, 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 Kind of have one person anointed that will define who we are. Uh, unless she or he happens to be a sitting president, we should have kind of have one person anointed that is our lodestar, if you will. That's where we need to go. Election results and decide that's where you want us to continue to be, then, then we're not going to do well. If people are going to look at these election results and say, hey, listen, the Republicans are cult. A cult. Okay, there's one person who... I have not confirmed... I have not confirmed this number I came across. It was long enough ago that I don't... I don't recall the source at the moment, and I don't think I wrote it down. Currently, there are 45 million Americans who are QAnon supporters. 45 million out of 350 million is quite significant. And the belief system is pretty insane. And fascism relies on, of course, a scapegoat, some sort of group to scapegoat. And also, they rely on conspiracy theories. And QAnon provides both. They're talking about how the whole idea of a, 
a blood libel been around for hundreds if not a thousand years about Jews drinking the blood of Christian children on Passover. I was shocked. And it sounded so similar, though, to this QAnon stuff with the adrenochrome and cannibalism. Only in this case, it's Democrats. It's a political party that they're targeting like that. Hillary Clinton cutting children's faces off with a razor and then wearing them over her face while she dances around. Well, I guess not exclusively Democrats. It's also Hollywood and the deep state. Oh, and George Soros. He supports Democrats. And he's a Jew. Oh, boy. Poor fella. Well, and they're also afraid of the gays, the drag queens, the transgendered folks. And literature, and history, none of this is really new. In the 30s, they had comic books. They were going to corrupt the children, and then rock and roll in the 50s and 60s. Louie Louie, the lyrics of Louie Louie were so lewd as they imagined them. They're not if you read them. And Link Ray's Rumble, which didn't even have any lyrics. These people will make up whatever they need to. Remember the uh, uh, Sister Soldier thing back in the 90s with Bill Clinton and rap music? And the crystal fascists of our country know that the best motivator for most people is fear. And they always focus on the children because they know that's what everybody cares about the most. So they create an imaginary threat to the children. Just like the satanic panic back in the 80s. That, I understand, was mostly as a result of people having anxiety about leaving their children in daycare instead of taking care of them at home. And we'll figure out what this is caused by someday. I hope I'm around. You hear it. This isn't the first time the United States had to deal with this. I know back in the 30s, we're dealing with the comic books, and then the 50s and the 60s, rock and roll. And What's the name of these things? What do they call them? Not social contagions. Moral panics. Just moral panics. That's what they are. Book burnings and music bans. It seems like once people get worked up into a certain state, they don't even need evidence. They'll perceive it where it doesn't exist. They imagine lyrics to Louie Louie just so they could be outraged. And Link Ray's rumble, it got banned from Radio Airplay, and it didn't even have any lyrics. These people are more, there are the people that think this way are more than willing to just fill in the blanks with whatever they're afraid of. And then they react to their fear by attacking their fellow citizens. When do we kill people? When do we kill people? And they always focus on the children because they know that's what everybody cares about the most. So they, or they create the threat of harm to your children. And that would fill you with fear.
This is all a part of the puzzle I'm trying to put together here, which is that the deep state, ultimately, this past raid of Mar-a-Lago, it's a threat. It's a threat because they don't want Trump to expose the pedophiles that he knows about. That's what impeachment was about. That's what the Russia hoax was about. That's what every single, that's what January 6th was about before they blunted all those people from the FBI there. They're coming after him and it's because they don't want him to expose the pedophiles. Of course there are satanic cults that are running this. Of course there is child abuse. Of course there's pedophiles everywhere in government. Pedophiles everywhere. Pedophiles. 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 Pedophiles everywhere. Pedophiles everywhere. Pedophiles everywhere. Everywhere. Where pedophiles? Pedophiles everywhere. 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 Pedophiles. That's what January 6th was about. Capital P-E-D-O-F-I-I-L-E. And push a parent to want to do something to protect their child. Like shoot up a pizza parlor. When do we kill people? When do we when do kill, we kill people? Does when seem when like do we kill, when do we we're kill, forced when do we to deal with a bunch of frightened people who seem intent on frightening others. I guess so they don't feel so alone. But the best way for us to proceed is to not be afraid. Well, sometimes you can't help but being afraid, but you can resist giving in to fear. Not allow yourself to be intimidated. And I don't care how big their pickup truck is or their gun. You know they're small. They're weak. They're frightened. They're confused. That's why they need that stuff. You don't have to confront them. But you also can't let them have their way. Or we'll lose our great country. We've been making a lot of progress, and that's why these people are so afraid. They don't want change. They don't know what it's going to be like if we tolerate gay people. Although they've kind of gotten better about gay marriage, but they just switched it over to the trans folks now. But it ultimately comes down to a fear of the unknown. And I recently read a quote from H.P. Lovecraft. I have to go locate. I'll be back in a second. This isn't the right one. The oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear. And the oldest and strongest kind of fear it's fear of the unknown. So, it's really not fair to blame these folks entirely. And they probably need compassion more than punishment in most cases. But what we don't want to do is tolerate their intolerance. That has to be resisted with everything that we have. And I believe we will. As I said, this is not the first time. We've survived it before. It's a little worse because of the algorithmic acceleration of things. 
Well, people are going to figure out this computer. Just, people's brains aren't working quite right. There's a crack in our society, a big one. We've got to hold it together. And I believe we will. Yeah, that's the